0: Fact number eight, people with chronic pain differ in their motivation to change. James Fortrasca and Carlo C. Di Clemente, in 1983 designed a motivation to change model that is still used today to determine your motivation to change your thoughts, feelings, and actions. Their model implies that individuals move through a progressive series of stages, each of which requires different tests. While it is assumed that you progress from one stage to the next, The authors acknowledge that you can begin at any stage and can move back and forth between stages at any time because of relapses. Pre-contemplation or the denial stage. If you are in the pre-contemplation stage, you deny that there is sufficient reason to change your behavior. You avoid change because you believe your present strategies to deal with pain are good enough or you're sure someone else thinks you have more of a problem coping with chronic pain than you do. You have no thoughts about changing, even if your coping strategies are unhealthy, like staying in bed, not exercising, or drinking, eating, or smoking excessively. You believe you have tried to change your present ways of dealing with pain with little to no benefit. You don't view any alternative strategies as effective based on your past experiences. In fact, You resist changing your behaviors because the benefits of continuing the strategies you are already using to cope with chronic pain outweigh the negative ones. For example, you may rationalize sufficiently that it doesn't matter whether you take walks or go regularly to physical therapy. Perhaps you may say something like, what's the use? My pain's not going away, or at least I feel relief when I lie down. You can justify maintaining these strategies and you believe that you're doing enough to cope as best as you can. If you're depressed, you experience even more reasons to do less. You're aware others will never understand what chronic pain is like because they've never had it. If you have increased levels of anxiety, you are clear that remaining at home gives you greater security and comfort than going to the mall for a walk or driving to physical therapy appointments. If you get panic attacks or fear uncontrollable situations, then there are greater benefits to you in avoiding going out. Martin Seligman identified this condition as learned helplessness. When you believe that whatever you do will only sustain chronic pain, you will give up trying to change to make it better. You will become depressed and stick to what you are doing. Sustaining high levels of chronic pain can be worthwhile for some people. There are unrecognized advantages to not changing your present strategies to cope with chronic pain. For example... You can remain depressed because it can be one of the only ways you have to get other people's attention and concern. Having continued pain can be a way to avoid household responsibilities or to control what others say or do around you at home or when you're out with friends. You can blame your chronic pain on others or come up with multiple reasons why you should not change your pain levels. You can maintain high pain levels to get disability insurance or to file a lawsuit against a person or an institution. I'll never forget the maladaptive strategies used by a person with whom I played tennis. He obtained Social Security Disability because he was too depressed to cope with an impending divorce. That person wound up selling merchandise under the table, meaning the income was hidden from normal reporting and taxation. He purchased two ski condominiums, skied every winter, and continued to play tennis all year long. His presumed depression truly paid off. Another person came to see me because he was having severe panic attacks, but when I asked what he had tried in the past to change his panic attacks, he offered a litany of strategies, all of which, quote, never worked, unquote. He never came back after claiming that he wanted to reduce his attacks. Two weeks later, I received a letter from his attorney asking for a full report of the patient's condition because he had an appeal hearing coming up with the disability board. That patient never wanted to change his condition. His attorney simply told him to see a psychologist to obtain more credible information to help his appeal. I refused and wrote to the attorney that the man was a malingerer. Now don't get me wrong, there are many sincere people who truly have chronic pain that impede their ability to work and enjoy life. They deserve disability insurance. For example, I've known of a middle-aged female school administrator who was referred for me for an evaluation and therapy after a hard fall From a rickety school ladder injuring her left arm and wrist and rendering her incapable of performing administrative tasks. This woman had a clear desire to return to work, missed not being at her school job and became increasingly depressed. She saw a specialized orthopedic surgeon then went for physical therapy. Both the surgeon and physical therapist informed the woman that physical recovery would take a long time due to the complexity of her multiple hand and wrist injuries. While she chose to file for disability, she had to grieve the loss because she had a strong work ethic. Potrask and Clemente wrote that one's pre-contemplation resistance to change is identified as the four R's, reluctance, rebellion, rationalization, and resignation. If you're a reluctant pre-contemplator, you either lack knowledge or simply don't want to change. You may be fearful or reluctant to risk the discomfort of change. If you're a rebellious pre-contemplator, you may know why you don't want to change and don't like being pressured t- told what to do. You may like to argue with your medical practitioner or caring other, giving all kinds of reasons to not change. If you're a rationalizing precontemplator, you may come up with all kinds of excuses to not change. You minimize harm and have difficulty thinking about the benefits of any change. Finally, if you're a resigned precontemplator, contemplator you just give up and do nothing to change because you believe nothing else will improve your condition. The best kind of help for you to get at this stage is consciousness raising or increasing your awareness by obtaining educational information about your pain condition. You need others to be sensitive and understanding as to why you may not want to change, especially if it means listening to your sadness and grieving what you have lost or the benefits of feeling relief by simply lying in bed. You want others to accept and empathize with what you say while understanding that the decision to change or not change is totally up to you even if it may be against medical advice. You want them to validate your lack of readiness and to discuss how your current behaviors are influenced by thoughts and feelings about changing without being judgmental. You want others to affirm that the decision to change is totally up to you, even if they realize how difficult it is for you to change. You may want to explore specific options, like visiting pain websites or blogs to gain more information. Or talking to others who've overcome obstacles while accepting that you may still not want to change. One tool to address the ways you are coping at this stage is to use a scaling method. For example, you may ask yourself, well, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being not confident and 10 being very confident, how confident am I that I want to maintain the beliefs I have about changing and the strategies I am using, presumably, to cope with chronic pain? Thank you.